Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Stevens. Welcome to the show. It is a beautiful Monday night in Houston, Texas. And welcome to the Tom Stevens Show, where we talk to you about parenting, family, and relationship issues. If you have a question, you can definitely call us tonight. We have an unbelievable topic that is about children and sports and all kinds of other cool related topics about stress in sports with parents and children. We've all got them, right? We've got children who are in sports, and sports have changed over the years. But most importantly, children have started doing sports in a much more competitive way earlier in life. And so one of the ways that we're going to tackle that tonight is we're going to talk to a real live actual coach, parent, uh, and find out ways that parents can help their children navigate the streams of sports. So with that said, I wanted to bring in my co-host really quickly, Kelly Carney, to make sure that she is there. Kelly, you with us? I am. I am. Good evening, everybody. All right. Well, tell everybody if they want to call in tonight, because this is a night you want to call. <clears throat> we are talking about sports and children and the stress parents can put on them and questions from parents about how they can make their children's sports experience better. You tell them how they can get a hold of us. Absolutely. They can give us a call at 347-838-9737. And if you have a question, you just hit the number one, and that will cue me, and I will come on the line and greet you. If You also, uh, you can also tweet us at, at Tom Stevens LPC. That's Tom Stevens Larry Paul Cat. So those are two ways you can get a hold of us. And if you really want some good information, you can check our new Facebook page out. Um, it is Tom Stevens Counseling, Motivation, Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. We have all kinds of great information on there. Or check out our website at www.tomstevens.us. So there are several different ways that you could get a hold of us. Exactly. And one of the coolest things, Kelly, is that they can now go to our website at tomstevens.us. And they can link straight into this talk show. All the past shows we've done, they can get straight to them, right? Absolutely. You get all of our good archived shows and get the new shows for the coming up. Hey, have I told you about our show next week, coming up Monday night? Well, I just don't know. Why don't you go ahead and tell well, me our now? our show next Monday night, I happened to run into a few people that I thought, you know what, this is a topic I want to do. It's going to be on high school, and I'm going to have real live high school students on that are going to talk about the stress of high school, the competition in high school, the peer pressure in high school, the cliques that form in high school. Oh, you remember high school, Kelly? It was just yesterday, Tom. <laughs> no, it's so great to have somebody so young I work with. What was your biggest fear? I shouldn't say fear, but stress when it came to high school. Um, I would say for me it was just the academic part, really, to be honest with you. I was in sports, and I had an older brother who was in sports, so it was the whole social scene was pretty easy for me. 
but the the academic part was really a struggle for me. Yeah. You know, I went to an all-boys school, as you know, because your husband went to the same one, and we had no pressure when it came to the girl thing. We could look how we want, smell how we want. didn't matter. <laughs> but when it came to, I remember the biggest one for me being at an all-boys Catholic school was the competition of the status, you know? I mean, I was a mm-hmm. middle-class, regular Joe and amongst some different – it doesn't mean just because they had money they were – bad people. I just felt like I was on a different level and man, that is hard and in today's world, they I mean what you wear, what you participate in, you know, who you hang around means so much. Oh. Right. It starts as early as, you know, my my fifth grader, my third grader, my first grader. It starts as early as then. It's kind of stinky. Okay, so our first guest tonight, you actually have some experience with, is that right? Absolutely. He's an amazing man. He was actually uh, my brother's coach. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, and and this guy must be pretty old then, huh? He is old. No, I'm just kidding. He's no, been around he's not. a long time. <laughs> he has known me for a long time, which is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to it. Tonight is the night for people to be able to call in and ask questions or make comments about whether they think parents are overly involved in sports, which, Kelly, you've told me yourself, you've got daughters in competitive volleyball at this point, and I know I've seen enough volleyball to see how competitive it gets. Now, are the girls more competitive or the parents? Well, at, at this age, it would be the girls, but as they have grown, it is definitely the parents. I mean, sometimes these will go into some of these tournaments, and oh, my heavens. And I have to say, my sweet husband, he is amongst the crazy people. I just want to say that out there. It's hard is he not really? to get, Yes, it is hard not to get involved in that part of it. You know, you want them to do their best, but you want them to have fun. But, you know, like you said, it's just the, the, the pressures of – fitting in and that social scene and you just want them not to have to struggle and you want them to do their best. So yes, he is. Unfortunately, he's not on the show, but he needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder about that because when you get in a competitive league or one of these select leagues now, which is different than just playing for your school, then all of a sudden people are in it for a reason. It's not just this, oh yeah, we want to play volleyball. It's more of a, no, we're here to, like, you know, compete, and we're going to, like, you know, try to go to the next level a lot of times. Well, you've got your money involved, too. I mean, you're paying these clubs mucho, mucho dinero, so you're wanting, yeah. you know. So, yeah, anywho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Okay, well, let's get on with it then, shall we? Absolutely. All right, so I'll talk to you in a little bit. When the callers come in, you let us know, and we'll break in and take care of it. Sounds great. All right, Kelly, take care. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, we're going to move on now to our first guest. Our first guest's name is Jeff Cherry. He's been in public education for 33 years. He has coached. He has taught. Man, I'll tell you what, he's coached everything from t-ball and preschool soccer to college basketball, y'all. So parents out there, this is a guy that's been around the block with young all the way up into adulthood. Coached boys and girls, seven different sports in high school. Coached his own daughter and son, so he's had experience coaching himself with his own children and with all of these other children of these other people. And he's going to be able to give us a fresh kind of voice to what the stresses are out there that these parents, y'all parents, can look to avoid because he's probably seen it all. Jeff, you there? I am, Tom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I said just a little bit about you, but tell everybody out there kind of your gamut of experience when it comes to coaching. Over 33 years, I can only imagine if we go back 33 years how things were different (laughs) then. I would love to to tell you. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'd love to tell more Kelly stories before we even got started here. But, yeah, we don't have time to go into all that. But, uh, absolutely, yeah, I've been uh, been fortunate enough to be in education for, like I said, 33 years. And we've seen a tremendous amount of change both in education and in sports. And uh, I, of course, started as a kid myself playing everything from the Little League stuff up to – uh, a chance to play in college level, but didn't end up playing. But but nonetheless, been coaching ever since. And 
there have been tremendous changes. And um, I think for us, our first eye-opening experiences really came, though, more so when we became our parents ourselves. And we saw some of the pressures that were uh, kind of intrinsic to sports in general, you know, the natural competitiveness. But then at the same time, I think some of our, our parental uh, values and attitudes begin to kind of come out. And so you do kind of, I think, just like teachers, coaches are the same way. Your your perspective on things begins to change once you have kids yourself. And uh, we have seen a tremendous amount of of, uh, of change, some of which is positive, but also, unfortunately, I think some negative things that have come down in the past few years. Well, I was going to ask you, like, right off the bat, like, do you think sports has – the whole sports experience, I mean, honestly, has gotten – I don't think sports experience is ever bad, but do you think it's gotten – it's kind of been more watered down recently as opposed to, say, 15, 20, 30 years ago where, like I explained the story that when I grew up, we played the sport of the season, whatever was going on, and after school we'd go out and we'd play basketball, football, baseball, all within one afternoon just depending on, you know, whatever anybody wanted to do. And now there's this era of select sports. Is it, are children at all losing the taste of genuinely loving a sport as opposed to picking something they're really good at? Right. I think I think that's the problem that a lot of kids and parents both face. And um, I agree with you. I think that what's happened in probably the last 15 or 20 years um, is that we see increasingly specialization at a young age. And as someone who also has a background in um, physiology and anatomy and part of my degree, you know, I just I also begin to see some of the the physical wear and tear that this begins to place on kids as well as the psychological. And so uh, there has been this trend to specialize. Uh, we mm-hmm. identify, we start identifying kids, I think, as early as elementary school, which in my opinion is, is way too early to even begin to think about specializing in a sport. And um, and I think that there is a, a long-term burnout that's taking place. And I think that uh, in the long run, kids are going to be healthier, parents are going to be healthier, happier mm-hmm. in the long run. If we begin to to seek some balance that I think that uh, is a little bit missing right now. Mm-hmm. So with that, what do you think parents could do instantaneously today to to make life better for their children? Is it better for them to look out for them and pick something they might be good at and feel good about, or is it best for them to just let them try a bunch of different things and encourage them to say, you know, I know you never thought of soccer, but why don't you give it a season and then maybe take a season off with this or not? Right. I think, I think first of all, from, in my personal opinion, I, in my experience, I think it's really good for a kid, even if he is very talented or she is very talented in a particular sport, even at elementary or junior high level to continue to play multiple sports up until they get to the point of high school, and then let them decide what it is that they really love. Because when you're putting in as much time as kids end up putting into this, there has to be a love for the sport. It cannot be work. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, I've seen it both in in girls' sports and I've seen it in guys' sports, that that it becomes too much of a work, that they've been doing this 10 years by the time that they end up being a, a freshman in high school. And it's no longer that spontaneous fun getting out. Kind of like you described when you were growing up the same way with me. And that is, you know, we went from sport to sport. There were lots of pickup games. There were games in the neighborhood. And many of those things have disappeared. And I realize that that parents are are put into a difficult situation. They don't have that kind of communal feeling that we once had in, in many cases to go out there and kids just meet together at the sandlot, so to speak, and mm-hmm. so they're organizing their time, and they're organizing them. And as Kelly mentioned earlier, there's a there's a huge financial investment that kind of comes with that. And so all these pressures begin to mount. And I think uh, for some some families, um, the kids particularly, there is a price to pay. Okay, so my big question to any coach, especially one that's been around for a long time, who's really honest, is how much of the time today – 
you know, I, I flash back again to Little League, and I think, you know, we showed up on the ball field. The bag of bats was there. The helmets were there. You just grabbed whatever you thought would fit. And, you know, now everybody's got their own equipment, their own gloves. I mean, I'm watching these middle schoolers with these specialty football gloves to catch, be a receiver with, and everything's become so specialized. Are we at all, and I'm not saying we are, I just would love a coach's opinion, selling our children or parents even a bill of goods of, hey, there's hope, there's a possibility, your child can go to college, your child can play in the pros, that all these children today that I work with as a therapist, and I've got a lot of athletes that I work with, have this kind of idea, and I even mean in middle school, like I'm gunning for, you know, college. And and when I grew up, a lot of guys didn't start sports until high school and became great athletes. Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm sure you know this as well, is that the, the percentage of high school athletes who go on to some sort of college scholarship, in fact, I think recent stats that I saw, were it's less than 2%. Wow. Um, then of course, and then of course, those that go on to the professional ranks, it's in the less than one percent category. Once they even get to the college level, so mm-hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with hope, and there's nothing wrong with competition. Of course, I'm a strong believer in that, and I believe mm-hmm. that it's important to establish a work ethic in kids. But I also think that um, as a family man myself, and and seeing what's happened, I think that the, the greatest you know, the greatest problem that we face is trying to put too much pressure on these kids at too young of an age because mm-hmm. um, athletics is just one part of that pressure. There's the academic things, and I understand you're going to be talking about that next week as well. And mm-hmm. and so these things these things accumulate, and uh, I think we need to be realistic with, with, with our sons and daughters, let them know that, uh, and this is another thing that I think is important, is it's okay to fail. It's okay mm-hmm. to fail, and I think we're in a society right now where uh, there's this intense competition, and that any any failure is seen as a fatal flaw when in fact it's not mm-hmm. at all. You know, I think in the long run that's what makes us who we are is mm-hmm. the highs and lows, and, and being able to respond to those things. And so, um, yeah, I, I hate to see I hate to see these these kids with the expectation that if I haven't reached nationals by the time I'm eight or ten years old, that somehow I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's unfortunately what we see a tremendous amount of the time right now. And mm-hmm. again, I don't, I'm not placing blame on anyone in particular. I think it's a societal issue, mm-hmm. and uh, we certainly understand what parents are feeling. But at the same time, um, I think in the long run, and I don't say this just as a high school coach. I say this as just as a parent as well. Is in, in the long run, I want. We'd love to see our athletes, see our kids to be balanced, happy individuals by the time they reach adulthood. Oh, perfect lead-in to my next question then, which is, you know, a parent can have a tremendously gifted athlete. And uh, when is the line of them to – when does a parent stop and say, you know what, you being like a healthy, normal, well-adjusted adolescent or teenager is way more important than you excelling in this sport. And it seems like this has taken you away from your friends or church or your homework or just, you know, sometimes it goes to their sure. head. But realistically, how if a parent, how will they notice as a coach if a child that's a really good athlete is maybe not doing so well with it? Do they see certain <laughs> behaviors like that they're not adjusting well or they're just going to their head or they're they're getting more... Right. I I think what I have noticed oftentimes is that there is a I think I think people by nature are competitive. I think there is a certain competitiveness that that all people show. But I think there's a point where by the time they reach a certain age and I don't know that there's a magical age. I still feel like high school is more of a uh, a focal point where a kid can start to rationalize and make decisions for himself. But mm-hmm. I think at some point you begin to recognize that as a coach like this kid's burnt out. He's had mm-hmm. too much. And whether it's a, a physical thing, but more often it's not the physical, it's the psychological. Like, I can't keep up. Uh, I'm not as good as I once was. Um, the maturity factor has begun, to, has begun to catch up. And now I'm, uh, you know, one time I was <laughs> I was the biggest kid on the team, and now I'm just a, 
an average size kid because we begin to identify some of these athletes, I think sometimes too young, as being, quote, gifted. Mm-hmm. When in reality, until they they have gone through puberty and adolescence, I think it's going to be difficult to ascertain in many cases whether those kids are truly going to be gifted enough, athletic enough, and mature enough to be able to handle the next level. Um, I love that. I think, so that whole idea of being, like, really good younger, and then all of a sudden that may not be how they are in middle school or in high school, and maturity-wise, like, talk about that, because I think – parents that I see lose sight of the healthy balance and maturity of a child for the sake of their athletic ability. Right. Absolutely. You know, I teach mainly freshmen and I've taught them for a long time and, and mm-hmm. there, I love them. I love teaching freshmen. And uh, mm-hmm. of course I've coached at every level, but the kids, you see them there. Some kids are, still extensions when they're freshmen, they're extensions of junior high. And then you've got other kids who are have the maturity of a senior. And so the same thing holds true in, in sports. You you tend to see kids who already pick up nuances of the game at the age of 9 or 10, and then you've got others who the game never comes around to them mm-hmm. until maybe they're in high school. And I know it's difficult for a parent or a lot of people to see that, but that is a huge part in really the success of an athlete. It's not mm-hmm. always about whether they have physical tools because eventually physical tools uh, tend to balance themselves out, except for the rare athletes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think what – I guess what I'm saying is it's really important to recognize that success at one level does not guarantee success at another level. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we've got to be gearing our our sons and daughters towards understanding that this is just one small part of our life. Although it may mm-hmm. be important, it's not going to be forever. Right. And that's that's a difficult – it's a very difficult task as a parent. Okay. So one of my major big questions I wanted you to say as a coach – stepping out there is if you're going to pick an athlete and you're going to find one that is the best suited for your team, whatever sport, and let's say middle to high school, and you get to pick, or how much, like if you're telling a parent, here's the kind of son or daughter athlete I need it to be. It's not just somebody who can swing a bat, hit a ball, or, or make a basket. It's somebody who's, well, what do you need to see in who that the character of that child is instead of the ability? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with the last word, and that is character. And, you know, character mm-hmm. itself is difficult to define. But we're talking about people who are going to be have a good work ethic, but at the same time have the characteristics that anybody wants to see, even in their own son or daughter, the people mm-hmm. that are polite, people that are going to be focused, people that are going to be goal setters, people that are going to be very, very team-oriented and less right. and less self self-centered. And I think that takes time to kind of figure that out. Uh, Oftentimes as a coach, you know, the more experience I know I had, the more I recognized kids that were, uh, as I said earlier, maybe more mature and physically better than someone else, but in the long run may not be the athlete because they simply were in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, There was a selfishness involved that may or may not have been um, kind of increased with the kind of parental pressure was there, but but nonetheless couldn't comprehend the team concept. And and I think one of the, the greatest benefits of sports, period, is learning to give of oneself and be part of a team and be willing to give, to give up some of the things that would be otherwise uh, glamorous uh, for the goal of doing well for your team. And mm-hmm. so the first thing I think most coaches look for, certainly they want athletic ability, but the, the, but the thing that they want to look at is, is this person going to fit well within the team unit? Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've just seen too many experiences, too many experiences where where kids may have certain skills, but at the same time, they're never going to work well with others. And it goes right. back to that old kindergarten adage, right? You know, what I learned in kindergarten is play well with others. And I, and I still <laughs> think that's a huge part. That's a huge, huge part. Of success and 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 not not just success, Tom, but also happiness. And I think that's yeah. a key here: uh, mm-hmm. the student being happy, the, the the athlete being happy, and the families being happy. 
Yeah. And so if you're going to tell a parent, this is what you need to work on with your child, yeah. how much of it's going to be the athletic ability versus, uh, you know, their, their, their per like teachable. Like that's one thing right. I try to tell my son who's in seventh grade loves basketball is how teachable you are is going to dictate how much the coach wants you on that team. That's right. That's right. And, and again, I think most coaches recognize very quickly students are willing to – and I call them all students because a good teacher or a good coach is a teacher, and, and you're absolutely right, and it's about teaching. And they have to be receptive to that. And, and uh, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of fantastic people. I mean, I, I couldn't have been more blessed to be in a career and, and spend time with, with athletes and parents and all the different people I've been involved with over the years. But – but I can tell you that the reason for that is because eventually what always it always comes back to is did we develop a family environment with our team? And I think that's also – I wanted to make sure I mentioned this is I think, you know, parents feel all this pressure to run kids from practice to practice and game to game, and they're all over the place all the time, and they consider that to be family time. And and I would I would suggest and again I would really suggest this to parents is family time needs to be at the dinner table family time needs to be scheduled family time needs to be where you're spending time talking to your kids every single day about things that are not necessarily about school or sports and that kind of and again I'm telling someone who's a psychotherapist but <laughs> but, but but I think what I've seen is in all my years of experience is that we want to see well-developed, well-rounded people. And I think those people are the ones who are going to be successful, whether they're playing sports or whether they're doing something else. And I think families just have, as hard as it is, are going to have to call time out and say, look, we need to spend Sunday afternoon together. We need to go to dinner Friday night. We need to make sure that we stop and spend spend this afternoon together. Let's go to a movie. Let's do something else other than what we're scheduled to do, which is go from practice to practice, game to game, and probably son to daughter every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because my main question in this talk show tonight is whether or not kids are feeling more stressed. But I wonder if the athletes, the young athletes today, feel more pressure to perform for their parents or feel more pressure to perform against the other athletes or the other kids that they're around. Like when I grew up and, you know, 30 years ago as a middle schooler, it, it was about, you know, enjoy, loving the I mean, we all competed, but it was loving the game. I didn't play football because football wasn't my thing. I played golf. I right. played basketball. I played some baseball, didn't like soccer, played it for a year, but we all kind of tried it. Well, now I almost feel like children are just missing out on what they might be good at by just trying different things and being well-rounded. Anyway, You're any right. final no, thoughts I, you've got on that? I Well, first of all, I agree with you. I I think that, that – uh, Kids do oftentimes, and I don't know that it stops for quite some time. But I don't, I don't think sometimes kids are doing it for the love of the sport, but also people. There's a lot of these kids are people pleasers, or parent pleasers, and they want to make sure that they make mom and dad happy. And and certainly we want them to be happy, and and parents want want our kids to be happy. But I think the question always begs is simply, does this child want to play this sport? Are they enjoying it for the right reasons? And if not, I want to give them an out. I want to give them an avenue to do something that they are going to enjoy because ultimately that's that's our goal as a parent is to make sure that we, we develop happy kids that are going to be well-rounded and so that in that short 18 years or so of window that we get with them that we haven't uh, somehow you know held them back from things that they wanted to do because we focused our attention on a singular sport. Um, and, again, I I understand the pressures, but nonetheless, I think that's the ultimate goal of any parent, and, I, and I, even as a coach, that's my ultimate goal, because I realize that most of my athletes are not going to go on and play college right. and certainly not going to turn professional. And if that happens, it happens, but that's not the ultimate goal. 
Well, Jeff, you have given some awesome advice, you know, to the youth, and you've had tons of experience with with kids that now are grown up and have their own children, you know? Absolutely. Wow, you've been around yeah. a long time. <laughs> I know. I don't well, mind I appreciate me. I see you being. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you've seen it all, and you're so young sounding. Oh, well, hey, you know, I can fake it on the, fake it on the phone, right? Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Jeff Cherry. Jeff, thanks so much for being on tonight. All right, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. It says, you know what, it is about who these children are becoming, not so much what a great athlete that they are. And so that, that to me, rings true. Every client that I've got in my office Um you know, so many times I speak to the parents and say, you know, if they don't go any further than they are now in middle school or high school, what are you going to do with them then? And so you want this kind of sport and athletic experience to be a learning process, not so much something that is they only succeed if they get to the next level. Well, I am super psyched to have my next guest on the show. He is a family member of mine, my very own uncle. Uh, I'm so proud of who he is, uh, how, what he's done with his career. He played for the Houston Astros and several other professional baseball teams in the 1980s. A lot of you know who he is because a lot of you watched him growing up, at least if you're my age. His name is Craig Reynolds. He is now a pastor, senior pastor at Second Baptist Kingwood. And I don't even want to go down all the list of accolades that he's got because he probably wouldn't let me. So, Craig, are you there? I'm here, Tommy. Can you hear me? You are so nice to join me tonight when we're talking about kids and sports. You were the perfect one, I thought, to highlight this whole topic. Well, thanks. It's good to be with you. Well, tell everybody, just I covered it, but you basically played. Can you tell them how you came out of, of school, professional athletics so people know kind of your history? Well, how, how I got into it to start with, how I, how I ended up in yeah, professional like, sports. Okay. Yeah, I grew yeah, up here in Houston, um, went to – Reagan High School here in town, grew up playing sports, kids sports, baseball, football, and basketball, and then um, began to get a little more serious about it later in high school. Things I heard your previous guest, things have changed a lot for sure since since that day, many, many years ago. Um, but uh, at, by the time I got into middle of high school, junior year, I uh, had a lot of scouts coming to our games, and then in my senior year was a first-round pick uh, of the Pirates and then signed with them out of high school and then went through that whole journey of the minor leagues and then eventually played with the Pirates and then the Mariners and then my last 11 years in Houston. Okay, so you went out of high school into the professional league, right? Right. Well, it was, it, but you know, it was minor league baseball and kind of thrown into that world and that's, about a week, week after graduation. That, which is what I want people to be able to hear, that somebody even drafted right out of high school, it's not all the glitz and glamour, right? No, in fact, um, not at all. It's a grind, um, and fortunately all along the way I had great people I met in the different towns. That's a whole other story. Uh, But I saw a lot of small towns, saw a lot of the country, um, and and the fact that I was a high draft choice also gave me some protection as far as opportunity because once a club is invested in you, they're going to give you every chance to succeed. So that was a plus. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a big step to do something like that, and, and I really don't recommend people do it now in this day and age unless it's really an exceptional situation. Okay, so being realistic with parents these days, Craig, you made it from high school into the professional ranks. What are the chances that somebody actually does that? Uh, very, very, very remote. And, and, and yeah. anyone yeah. that's done it or been there, they realize that. Um, there, there are so many factors and so many variables, and and for and for parents, and that would include Josie and I through the years with our own kids, for us to build our lives around thinking we're going to build our kid, build that into our kids, and they'll have that opportunity. That that's it's really pretty foolish to put all your eggs in that basket uh, and, and think this is the end all. It just it's not a very wise decision to make. What did you say to your children about sports when they grew up? Because you have three of them. We had three kids. We have one daughter and two sons, and they all play sports. And, and basically I told them, play hard and have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, to me, at, at this stage, looking at it today, if, if 
the sport you're playing is not fun, why play it? Uh, it, it should be an enjoyable experience. Uh, it should be something you can, you know, you can you can pour your energy into, and, it, and it's a great great teacher. And you guys have talked a lot about that tonight already. It's a, it's a wonderful teacher for life. Sports are, um, but but to me, if it's not fun in the process, if you're not learning, if you're not growing, if it's misery, kids shouldn't be doing it. Um, I know you guys talked about, I believe, a little little bit about select baseball and some of those things, and maybe you want to talk about some of that. I don't know, but. To me, I tell parents all the time, look, if your kid's on one of these teams when you're playing 100 games a year, my deal is when you play that many games a year, they're supposed to pay you to play that much. <laughs> to me, that's just the same. <laughs> so with that, I mean, you, you mentioned you played football, basketball, and baseball. And a lot of people would think, well, Craig, you made it to the pros. You must have been just hardcore baseball growing up. That must have been it. Actually, I spent less time, much less time playing baseball than I did basketball. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd play our we'd play our season at school and play our little summer league season. You know, whether it was little league or colt or pony league or whatever, and little high school stuff in the summer. And by the middle of July, I was back in the gym playing basketball, and 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 glad to be there. So, does select club ball with whether it's volleyball, baseball, whatever it is, does that hurt or does it help? Well, I, I'm not saying there's not a place for it. Our, our kids, our boys both played on, on select baseball teams when they were younger and, and, and enjoyed the experience. It was a good experience. But what we made sure of on the select teams they played on, they played on um, select teams with, with some uh, moderation to how much they played. In other words, they weren't playing a tournament every weekend and a schedule all week long. If they, if they played, if, if the team just wasn't going to play – one of those 75, 80, 100 game schedules. That was just that was just way, way too much in my estimation. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the kids to, be, to do other things, to have other things in life they enjoy doing. Now, I, we did have several rules. One of our rules was if you start a season with the team, you're going to finish. You're not going to leave your team. You're going to stick with it. Uh, but if, but we never forced our kids to play on any specific team, any, any uh, leagues. We gave them their choice. Now, another rule we had was we made them choose one sport at a time. For instance, if it was fall and they wanted to play uh, football, then they didn't play baseball. In other words, if you want to play fall ball on one of the fall leagues, that's fine. You certainly can play fall baseball. But if you do that, you won't play another sport at the same time. So so we wouldn't that's... let them play two sports at a time. That was more for the family than it was for the kids, so our family would have some balance. That's a great point, one at a time. Now, if you want to ask a question of Craig, Reynolds, 347-838-9737 is the number. Craig, do you think – that parents in the stands are any different today than they were 20, 30 years ago? Um, <laughs> well, well, parents' natures haven't changed. I mean, we're parents. We, if you have a kid that's played sport, you know it's hard to sit there and watch sometimes. I think mm-hmm. parents have just become a little more vocal. <laughs> they probably always have the same emotions, but they've become a little more aggressive and a little more vocal about it. Um, and it, 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 is, it is hard, I will say, for parents. It, it's difficult at times to watch your kids play because you, you pull for them and you want them to do well. And, you know, you pull for, everybody pulls for their kids to do well. Um, but, but the reality is if you'll keep in mind, you know, what are you there for? What's the purpose of playing the sport in the first place? It makes it a lot easier to relax and enjoy it, even in those difficult moments that everybody's going to have. But if you think if you well, that think was, the whole world is living and dying with the next ground ball hit to your son or his next at bat or the next inning he's going to pitch, if if you feel that kind of pressure for it, think what I mean that does not go unnoticed by the child. If you feel that pressure for them, they're experiencing that pressure from you as well, even if you don't intend to do that. So yeah. so for for me for parents, you got to step back and say, I got to I got to keep the purpose of this in, uh, in my mind all the time. Why are we here? Why is my child playing this sport? And uh, you know, keep it, <laughs> keep it, keep it where it should be in your thinking. That was going to be my next question. Do you feel like parents are disillusioned at all today of what level they think their children can play at or can get to, whether it's select ball, high school ball, college, pros? Do you think parents today kind of lose sight of the enjoyment of the game for the sake of you could make it to this level? Yeah, I think sometimes, yeah. If, if you miss being present in the present because you're always thinking about the future, you miss life. I mean, you have to be present in the present. 
And so that, that was kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning. We tell our kids to play hard and have fun. And we want them to do both. If they were going to play, we want them to play hard and do their best. But, be, be, but once it's over, it's over. Don't, you know, don't live and die with it. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, yeah, if, you, if you're always looking and thinking, if I just get to here, if I just get to there, if I just make it to here, then I'll be happy doing this. No, no you really won't. If you're not happy playing now, you won't be happy playing then. If, in fact, right. here, here's the best example I can give you. Uh, if you go talk to, I'll give you an example. A good example is Lance Berkman. Lance mm-hmm. Berkman was a, was a fantastic player, obviously, all the way through his life growing up. Uh, he goes to Rice and plays, and then comes out and signs a contract with Houston, has many good years playing professional baseball. But if you ask Lance when did he have the most fun playing, looking back, he'll tell you he had a lot more fun. I think he'll tell you this anyway. He'll tell you he had more fun playing when he was at Rice than he was with the Astros or any other team he played for. It's one of those moments in life. And, and, you know, there are those moments in life where you can't go back and recapture them. And and that's even true of Little League. How many people have played Little League that can't look back and remember something that happened there? I mean, it it, it needs to be fun. And those experiences are important for kids. And uh, parents need to understand that's it, it's more about that experience, what they're learning, and the enjoyment of the game. Learning to be a teammate, learning to encourage your, learning to encourage your teammates, um, and you can learn you can learn a lot about people uh, watching them play sports, all sports for that matter. <laughs> as well as learning about the people in the stands too. You know, you can learn about who those parents are and whether or not they're <laughs> over screaming everybody out that's there. That's a little scary sometimes. <laughs> now, I, I'll tell you this, because when I was on the Great Day Houston show here in Houston on TV last week, and I was talking to Deborah Duncan, the quote she said about uh, Ken Caminetti really rang true to me, that she said she had lunch with him the week before that he, he died, and she sat with him and said, you're famous, your baseball player's done all this great stuff, what is it that's going on that, that you would not be so happy about? And he said, Deborah. It's because one game I would hit a home run and people would cheer for me, and the next game I would strike out and they would boo at me, and I couldn't take the the huge swings from one way to the other, at which point she was saying he got so caught up in what his result was in the game that it defined who he was, which is opposite of what you just said. Yeah, and, and, and that's easy. It really it's not just in sports. That can happen to all of us in whatever we do. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we, can, we can lose our, our who we are, our identity, and our job, whether it's as a salesman or an attorney or a ball player or whatever. We can lose our identity in thinking that's who we are. Um, and it's just that's just not the case. And that's one reason, I, I think, for, for parents, with especially with a child that you think has a chance to do well in sports, whatever that means, what, however you define do well. If you start putting so much pressure and so much emphasis, even if it's encouragement, if it's always encouragement and always, 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 always going that direction and always building up and always, but if it's just about the sport, what does it say to them? It says, mm-hmm. that's who I am. My life is about this. Yeah. And if I fail at this, then I'm a failure at life. Here's, right. here's the bottom line and what I want my kids to learn and what I want them to learn is life is about relationships. It, it, what, what, when you get to my age now, and I'm 60 now, and I look back, about, I think back to the years I played. I played 14 years in the big leagues. I don't, I, I rarely, I mean rarely, I could count on one hand the times of a year where I think about some game. This happened or that happened or this player. I just, it just never crosses my mind. Mm-hmm. But I think about the people a lot. Yeah. Well, transition so that to your – Yeah, and that's true in sports. It's true in anything in life. It's it's people that matter, and if you miss the people journey, you've missed the journey. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you about family, taking your own life. How do you play professional ball, which is at a different level than a typical person living their life, and stay normal, raise children to try to be normal? And I remember a quote, uh, Aunt Josie, your wife said one time, I think, that uh, your youngest, that Reagan grew up, and and everybody'd say, "What's it like growing up with a baseball player?" And he's like, "What?" Because <laughs> he didn't grow up knowing that. That how much did your chill? I mean, how did you keep the balance? I guess is what I mean. Uh, we we never made a big deal out of it. And of course, of course, and and, jo- and Josie never let me make a big deal out of it. And by the way, she's on the extension. <laughs> she's just, she's just not talking. She can hear us. She's there too. <laughs> but 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 I mean, first of all, she kept me in my place. We say <laughs> we say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean it, we did not we did not act like it was a big deal because it, we were just people like everybody else. The other thing that was important, and this goes to balance for family, 
uh, we had we now we had great friends inside of baseball, but we also had great friends outside of baseball, especially in our church community. And so we mm-hmm. had a whole network of friends completely removed from baseball that were there all the time, regardless. They were there mm-hmm. during the season and in the off season. And, and so and, and and actually that's part of what made our transition out of sports so easy. That when I finished playing, it wasn't like I, and that's what happens to a lot of athletes. Their whole life is built in the sport, and all their friends are in the sport. And then all of a sudden it's over. They not only lose the identity of the sport and where they've gotten kind of, you know, uh, being encouraged through their life by playing that sport and being put on a pedestal in some in some instances, plus all their friends are gone because they've left the game. And mm-hmm. uh, so probably one of the wisest things we did was have that, have that network of friends outside of baseball and those inside of baseball. So when life changed and we came to that point in life, it was just a much easier transition for us. We didn't all of a sudden lose everything we've been spending our time with. We just shifted to the okay. section a little more often. So you mentioned something earlier about y'all deciding kind of, you know, the the one sport pick a season, you know, at a time kind of thing, not too much at once. Well, how how do you deal with or what would you say to – I see a lot of people in my office as a therapist and couples that come in. I saw one today that has that, that sometimes parents, I, I would say, have different opinions on whether or not – you know, hey, we can't take a season off or we can't take a break or our our child needs to keep pushing ahead or they're going to get behind when it comes to sports. And how do you get a couple or what do you say to a couple that are on two different pages? And maybe Josie can speak to this. How did you all get on the same page with having the same values around sports and maybe you take a season off or maybe you do only get to choose one at a time? What do you do? Okay, Joe, she speak to that. Go for it, Josie. I would just say this about um, even if you had in that situation where they're afraid to take a break, if there's other children involved in the family, then you're probably putting so much time and effort to that one kid it might take away from the other children. So I'd caution them about that right there. But the other thing about that is sometimes when we get so nervous about um, the program, staying with the program and, you know, not falling behind and, it doesn't leave any room, any room for um, for God, and that would be a problem with me because if we get so focused um, and our priority is that sport and that child playing that sport, um, that's not who they are. That's what they yeah. do. And mm-hmm. any time up until after college, they're a student first, actually, and then an athlete. And I think that we um, shift priorities. And that is the scary part when it is all about making sure that kid stays on course in his athletic life. I think sometimes our other priorities fall back. And I think it's dangerous for the family. And as far as being on the same page, we're not always going to agree. And um, with with our boys, I learned early on that really Craig was the one that was going to teach our boys to be a man. And that um, I, I, I'm a tough person, I think, but if I had raised my kids alone, my boys alone, I think they would have been wimps. Well, let me, let me give you an example. <laughs> she wouldn't let them spit in the driveway. I said, honey, that is okay. When a boy's out playing catch, he can spit in the driveway. He has my permission. Do not bother him. Craig, as long as it doesn't land on my feet, there you go. then That's there's right. a problem. That's okay. So, they, so we got along. We, we compromised there, and we were fine. And we didn't That's always right. see eye to eye. But we agreed that at the end of the day, we were going to be okay as a family. And sometimes Craig backed off and sometimes I did. But when it becomes their sports life or their activities become a problem in your home and in your marriage, it's time to, you know, look under the microscope and see really what the issues are in the family that we all can't come to a compromise. Okay, Josie, so let me throw this one at you then. I see a lot, again, families in my office and most of the time not all the time but most of the time it's the moms bringing them in to me and a lot of times these days with athletes their egos have gotten way out of hand uh the boys or girls heads are bigger than their you know reality is and how do you keep your children when it comes to sports ego in check so that they don't realize or think that their life is all about this sport forget the school forget the appointment, forget church, forget the, the things that we need to do, the family functions. I got to practice or I got a game to play or leave me alone or 
You know, the ego to me has gotten huge today, and I don't know if it's because of the commercialism of sport, but 20 years ago when I started doing this, it was not the same as it is today. What What do you do to keep them in balance? Well, I think everything's more glamorized now, and I think that we start way too young as with our kids. As parents, we start way too young making our kids all that. You know, they're really not all that. We are totally accountable for them as long as they're under our household you know under our our rooftop we are accountable for them and in mm-hmm. in order to keep um a child i think you train them young that there's a sense of authority and as parents you are their authority fairy to hear when they're in school their teachers are and i think we've lost it somewhere along the line where our children you know we kind of have them on a little pedestal or a throne or something and the minute they start glimmering, whether they're good athletes or singers or whatever it is they do well, that we as parents are a little bit just infatuated with that. And I think as parents we're not um, holding the line of um, authority with our children, which makes it hard in school and, and life. So it's how early on. Um, the kids become, you know, the throne of the family. I don't know how it happened, Tommy, but it scares me. And yeah. one of the things about it is that, you know, as parents, we have to be on our toes. But while they're, I mean, just right off the bat, they're a student before they're an athlete. And if parents can remember that, they have to, they have to do their work. They have to respect their teachers, their coaches. And um, we're not to go in and fight their battles for them. When when they're not, you know, falling in the line of authority, and I think we do that sometimes. It's funny because I tell, I give kind of similar advice all the time. Well, go ahead, Craig, and then I'll give mine. Well, I was going to say what what Josie said about about putting the kid on the throne of the family. Here's the reality about that statement: when a parent puts the kid on the throne like that, like the kids, all that, it's really not about the kid; it's about the parent. Mm-hmm. When a parent does that, it's because the parent's on the throne, and the kid's making them feel good about who they are. And, and yeah. the reality is if we're, if, if we're feeling good about who we are because of our kids' performance, we're setting them up for failure. It's never going to be good enough. And, and, yeah. and it's doing nothing to help them get ready for life in the future. And, and as I mentioned earlier about relationships, man, you've taken the relationship thing out of the picture altogether now. Now it's just about, you know, who we are, look at who we are. And that, that, that's just really a dangerous place to be. Absolutely. And I tell parents, you know, over and over in my office that, you know, if, if the family's not together and if the family's not working together and it all becomes about this other thing, like y'all said, then something's wrong. And usually what I tell them is, you know what, if the attitude is bad, if the grades are bad, if they don't want to perform at home or do what needs to be done, whether it's chores or whether it's treating people nice, then all you have to do is walk them down to the coach at practice and say, you know, coach, I just don't feel right about this uh, practice today or maybe this game this weekend because here's what's going on behind the scenes. And let the coach or the teacher at school be the one to, to help out with you and back you up and say, you know what, you're not playing on this team with that kind of attitude towards your mom or your dad. And so many parents look at me like it's a secret they can't let out. You know, they have to keep this stuff hidden. And we don't want to tell anybody that they'd have an attitude at home or they blow up or they, you know, they're disrespectful or they don't handle things. And so my advice always is the sport comes second. And I don't know where we lost this. I understand the commitment to follow through with the team. But does that mean I can, you know, degrade, talk how I want to at home, refuse to do things uh, and feel that entitled? It, it Somehow it's changed in this world. That's way out of whack for sure. And the other thing is all the decisions we make, particularly in those families like Josie mentioned earlier where if you have two or three kids or four kids and one or two of the kids are are athletes that are competing at the select level and doing well and and you have one that's not, what does it say to that one that's not when all of your family time and all of your spare time goes toward that? That says something to the other child. And and whether we like it or not, there are some unintended consequences for our decisions. And we see it, and I'll put on my pastor's hat for a minute as a pastor. I see it a lot at church where families now have have the select thing has become such a big deal. They're gone a lot of weekends, tied up a lot of weekends because of the select thing. I'm not opposed to select baseball. I think there's some good sides to it. But when it becomes so um, 
oh man, just overbearing in the timing of a family and what a family does, it, it becomes a real issue about a whole in a whole lot of areas. And it, it, families need to take control of that situation. I know it's difficult. It's easy on the far side now that our kids are gone. It's easier to talk about it, but it's yeah. true. And I think about all the kids, and we saw we saw a lot of you know really good athletes come up and play with our sons and against our sons. Several of them playing in the big leagues now that we saw through those through all those years. But mm-hmm. you know what? For every one that made it, there's several hundred <laughs> that didn't. And and how many of those families were impacted along the way? By the way, even of the ones that made it, how many of those families were impacted in a negative way by some of those things that happened? How many of those siblings might have been impacted in a negative way? So you, you really yeah. to to we, we need to love our kids enough to make the decisions that are right for them even when they're not comfortable for us to make, and sometimes we have to make those decisions. Tommy, I just want to say as a mom, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I loved about growing up is that with all of my brothers and sisters, they kind of loved and respected each other's and Craig's family too. And as Mm -hmm. a mom, I made it a point to make sure that each one of the kids loved and appreciated each other, even if it was to come back. I called my daughter back from college one one week and said, you have to come watch your little brother play football in the seventh grade because he's been watching you from the stands for all these years, and you come back and watch him. And she loved it. And um, mm-hmm. so we, whatever our kids excelled at, um, I made it a point as a mom to point it out to them and, and have them show appreciation and admiration to the other siblings. Because it takes your eyes off yourself, and That's you glance great. the other way and see what's going on in other people's lives instead of all that inward, selfish, you know, motivation to get the best for yourself. When you when you teach them and ask them to look out, I think they are so much more um, appreciative of their brothers and sisters. That is such a great point. Yeah, you're speaking to relationship and you're speaking to family. And when that comes first, everything else falls into line. But when the other comes first, the family starts to break down. Craig, Josie, y'all are so good to be on the show tonight. Thank you so much. We love you. We're proud of you, Tom. Thanks, well, Tommy. You, you, heard, <laughs> thank you, you heard where the wisdom comes from tonight when Josie got the line. <laughs> it was just so smooth and steady. That's right, y'all. Thank you so much. That's Craig Thanks, Reynolds and his wife, Josie, being on the air tonight. It's so kind. What a great show great advice and i just want to follow up with that same piece that sometimes children you know do things just to please their parents and move along with it but craig and josie said it best when you don't have the family time the family relationships the quality experience together you know too many families come to my office when it's too late or when things are going bad and then they're all in this mode of what do we do to fix it well you know the fix it is to spend time with your family first to spend time with your children first. And sometimes children play sports because they think it makes their parents proud. And we have to recognize and ask our children, do you enjoy doing this? I said it on the TV show last week I was on. Just because my son is a really tall third grader and he happens to be pretty decent at basketball doesn't mean that he has to play basketball because I love basketball and I want him to play it. But it's not the end all. Maybe he wants to do something else, and for him it's acting and it's performing, and that's great. But we have to learn to ask our children, are you having fun doing this? And show me how you're having fun. Like how can I tell when you're not having fun? And as parents, you have to be able to look at your children and ask yourself, are they having fun when I watch them out there? Do they come home talking about their enjoyment of the game or the fact that they're hard on themselves because they messed up? Everybody, thanks for being on the air tonight. This is a great show. We need to have a part two because it has such great information. I don't want you all to forget to tune in next week, next Monday night, for real high school talk with real high school issues. We're going to talk to high school students about the pressures, about the clicks, about the the intensity with school and sports and activities and friends and dating and all that great stuff. To check out more about the show on Blog Talk, go to tomstevens.us. There you can see a clip of myself on the show, Great Day Houston, talking about children and sports. And you can learn more about all the past shows that we've had also. 
My name is Tom Stevens. I appreciate y'all being here tonight, and I look forward to seeing y'all next Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Y'all have a great night.